I'm Amy Lettingham. I'm a master certified dating and relationship coach. And I'm Kevin Lettingham, Amy's husband and a former reality and docuseries TV producer director. And together we want to welcome you to Sex, Love, and Mindful Dating. In today's show, it's all about episode eight of Love is Blind. Here, the couple's friends and family take center stage and really begin to take an active role in this experiment, forcing us to ask the question, who's really in control of the couple's final decision whether to walk down the aisle or not? To help answer this question, we're gonna talk about something called the power of influence. Sometimes we're easily persuaded or pressured into making choices in our love life by outside factors like family, friends, or even societal norms that can really conflict with our own needs, values, and desires. And if your goal is to find lasting love, my conscious dating programs help you do just that. We do it through breaking your unhealthy dating beliefs, attitudes, patterns, and through my online dating courses, group coaching, and personal one-on-one virtual coaching, I can help you. Contact me at amythedatingcoach.com, that's A-M-I-E, thedatingcoach.com, and mention the podcast to receive a special offer. All right, well, let's start by talking about the power of influence. Um, We want to set the playing field here that we are influenced by lots of different things in our lives. So, Amy, maybe we can start by you telling us what are the main areas that do the most influencing in our dating lives? Yeah, great question, because I have actually found eight areas that can be very influential to our dating and our choices in our love life. Number one, your family, like your parents, your brother, your sister, your grandparents, your cousins. Yeah, the entire family can influence and play a big part. Number two is friends, like, you know, your best friend, you know, the people that is part of your community, everything that they're doing, you know, and that can be a major influence on you. Number three, society and culture, and this could deal with race or where you live. You could be in the city or suburbs. Your life really gets influenced by what you're familiar with. Number four is media, things like movies, books, magazines, TV. You know, we've seen all those rom-com movies and fairy tales that we read, and we start thinking that they're real. Biology is number five, and this is where your clock is ticking, whether you're a man or a woman. I've seen both come to me and go, I want a family, and this is like, I need to find somebody rather than finding the right person. And number six, religious affiliation. You know, whether you're Jewish, you're Christian, you're Buddhist, or whatever it is, spiritual or an atheist, you know, that can change the way you date and the type of person you want to find. And number seven, our partners themselves, if they are putting pressure on us because they want to get married, because they have pressure, all of a sudden we're feeling that as well. Number eight is gender. Whether you're male or female, there are different pressures. And I'm going to add a bonus here. There is a number nine, and it's the TV show effect. Yeah, and I think a lot of people on this show are feeling the pressure to act a certain way because the camera's on them. They're saying certain things, doing certain things. And if they were out in the real world, almost certainly it wouldn't be exactly the same. I mean, this is the TV show effect is a very real thing. Now, whether it's going to hurt their lives or make their lives better, we have to see. But it is a factor for sure. 
Yeah, I'm seeing some of the similarities with my clients that I work with and what, you know, the couples on the show are doing because they're all shoulding. Like, I should do this. This is the next step rather than really checking in with themselves and saying, is this something I really want? Is this, does this feel right? The only people that Lauren and Cameron and Amber feels like for sure and Barnett, you know, but besides that, the rest of them, I'm not feeling that. I know this is right for me. Some of the other couples, if they were out in the real world, I think the idea that they'd be engaged is ridiculous. They'd Mm -hmm. barely be boyfriend, girlfriend, much less engaged. Yeah. I mean, I felt the pressure when I was younger. You know, I grew up in Orange County in the suburban neighborhood and all my friends by like 23 were getting married, you know, and having kids. And I remember when I was in junior high, going, when I'm 25 years old, I'm going to have two kids. We're going to have a house in the suburbs. I mean, I had this vision. Already at that age. At that age. So I think a lot of us feel like, you know, they don't teach us to do free thinking at that age. They teach us to like follow this schedule. To me, I call it the next step theory. It's like, you meet somebody, you fall in love, you go to college, and then you get the job and then you do the next step and you find your partner, get married and have kids. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of pressure to follow that. And when, if you look at the stats, right, there's a societal shift that exists and people don't think society is actually affecting them, but it is. For example, the median age for getting married in 1970 was 23.2, right? For men, 20.8 for females. You cut to 2018 when the last studies were done, 29.8 for men, 27.8. That's seven years. Do you know the difference between a 23-year-old and a 30-year-old? I mean, those are like dog years. It's like 30 years. And the same thing's happening with kids. In 1965, the average house had 2.44 children per household, right? Mm -hmm. By 2019, this number is 1.93. People are having less children. Again, societal shift. Something is causing this in a large group of people. That's the power of influence. We're seeing it in the numbers. And one more final study. Match.com recently did a study, and they found that millennials, which, by the way, the cast of Love is Blind are all millennials, are 177% more likely to feel pressure than other generations. Uh, That doesn't mean they're necessarily going to walk down the aisle faster than others, but it means they're feeling a pressure to do something in their love life. Yeah, I'm surprised with this study. I mean, the millennials I talk to, and I do have millennial clients, they don't feel the pressure to get married necessarily. They say, I want to have a good relationship. They don't want to repeat their parents' mistakes. And they say, I don't want to get a divorce and or multiple marriages, you know, so... I think the study shows that they are feeling pressure, but are they walking down the aisle right away? No. Yeah, but they're, what you're saying is they're feeling pressure not to make a mistake. Yes. That's a difference. I mean, it, it, if people are out there feeling nervous about dating, it doesn't matter if they're nervous about uh, you know, getting married or not. They're like, oh, I'll wait till I'm 40. I just don't want to be divorced when I'm 43. It's don't mess it up. I sure don't want to be one of those people that is in the wrong relationship. I got to do it right. 
And pressure is pressure is pressure. Well, I will say this. Our parents' generation, they got married for different reasons. Yeah, my mom wanted to get out of the house. And my parents came here with nobody. They left their family, so they needed each other to bond. Now, they love each other, but, you know, we at this generation have more ability for free thinking. Yeah. And we want love first. Yes. I'd like to take a moment to talk to you about my free ebook, Five Dating Traps to Avoid. It gives you tips to avoid all the traps that make your heart break. So go to amythedatingcoach.com. And that's spelled A-M-I-E, thedatingcoach.com. So now that we've established that millennials are feeling a lot of pressure in their love life, why don't we talk about Lauren and Cameron because talk about power of influence. Wow. Lauren's father, he is right out of central casting. If you are casting a father-in-law that scares the crap out of you, (laughs) that is Lauren's father. Nice guy, kind of, but wow, he's he's no nonsense. He was intimidating. He had a stern, stoic face, and he just has this like energy like, this is how it works in my family. And Cameron, who's very relaxed all the time, we don't even see him nervous very often. At any point in the show, he is nervous. Yeah. He is really nervous. And then, of course, Lauren leaves him, you know, which I'm sure the producer said, Lauren, you should leave. And I'm sure Cameron went, crap i'm gonna be alone oh he was he did you see his face he goes oh you're leaving yeah yeah (laughs) oh and and the moment where they started chatting for the first time you could see like the dad at first i thought oh he's going to grill him he was very honest and real and he wasn't combative he was just kind of like my daughter loves you i like you i think at this point there's about two weeks left before she gets married if her father says to Lauren, over my dead body, do you marry Cameron? Do you think she actually walks down the aisle? I think her family plays such a huge influence. And because this is an experiment, I think she doesn't. I agree. I think she delays it and tries to convince the family to change, but she would not say yes. She's very pragmatic. And I see her father is very pragmatic. Yes. So that's where it it does align. Well, the other interesting thing is she says she hasn't told her friends. She hasn't really let people know. And it sounds like she might not tell them all, all family, all friends, because I don't think she wants to be judged. Now, this is the power of influence at its best, because you know, almost any woman that gets married, they yell it off the rooftops. I'm getting married. Come give me a gift for my shower. Meet him. No, she's not doing that. I mean, at the end of the episode, she tells one of her friends, but barely. Yeah. She wasn't excited to do it. It's almost like she's proud to be with him, but she's scared of the repercussions. I don't know, but she's, do you think, do you no, think there's any shame? No, it's not about shame. It's about what repercussions of friends and family judging her. She says it. She doesn't want to be judged. Yeah, that's the part that I see. Like she is in love with him and she like knows that he's at her corner And he's going to be a great husband. She can see it. In a vacuum, he's going to be all those things. But when you throw in the fact he's white in a family that is very pro-black causes, as she said, you know, the the dad even said, have you ever been in a room full of just black people? I mean, that was like 
a line a in the sand. Question. Yeah, it was a great question. It was a line in the sand. And if the answer is no, I haven't, I promise you, I mean, Cameron did say he had, but if the answer is no, I haven't, I promise you the dad is, that's a check against him and, and a serious check. Yeah. I think the meeting went well, but the pressure is there from Lauren's father. Should Lauren care? Should she really deep down care what her friends and family think? I think that there are some bonuses when your family and friends support your marriage because there are going to be times that there's conflict within your relationship. And, you know, if you have great parents um, and great support support system, system, Mm -hmm. they can help guide you and teach you like, this is what good looks like. Now, if your family and friends are not so great people, they're influence, trying to influence you on wrong things. It could really hurt your relationship. Well, I actually was curious about that. Are there any studies that prove what you just talked about, that it matters what your friends and family think? And there actually is. It's called the social network effect. And it basically states the actual or perceived approval from family and friends leads to positive relationship outcomes, whereas disapproval leads to negative relationship outcomes. So if you have the support of your social network or you have the perceived support, meaning they may not like this significant other, but they actually don't let you know that, you know, they put on a good face. As long as the social network in your life shows you that they approve, that is good for your relationship. So you have a better chance of a healthy long-term relationship. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Well, it makes sense because I think stress and conflict causes interruptions in relationships and it causes people to lose joy. Yeah. And I think if you're a couple and you're coming, you know, going to your in-laws and your in-laws don't want to do, deal with you, I'm sure it's pretty depressing. And then you have to pit people against each other and it's it's not good. You don't want to do that. Yeah. And, and you mentioned stress. In the study as well, it's also proven that there is a physical component that people are actually healthier when their social network supports them. So, you know, if your family and friends are on your side, you're happier and healthier. And if your family doesn't like your significant other, that stress causes physical problems on your body. I'm sure it causes, you know, just stress itself produces cortisol. And that's not great for your body either, you know? So I think when it comes down to relationships, it's really hard to separate your emotions. And um, especially when it comes to family, you take things so personally compared to when, you know, it's just a strange outsider. Yeah, if, if somebody you don't know very well doesn't like your significant other, it's easier to brush off. When yeah. your mom doesn't, it's a little harder. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, when... I brought uh, girlfriends home, it was kind of stressful. I always wanted my family to like them. And if they didn't, I mean, it wasn't a deal breaker, but I I did tend to try to pick people that I thought my family and friends would like. Consciously, not even subconsciously, I'm like, I would ask myself, would my family and friends like this person? Yeah. And you had a huge community too, and and that meant a lot to you. And I think that's really important, you know. And walking into that when I was dating you, that was, you know, I always knew I had to make sure that 
your family and I stayed connected because I care about you and I care about what that community meant to you. Yeah, I think it's really, really hard to just push away family unless there are cases where your family doesn't support you and they're not going to like anyone you bring into your life. And in that case, well, then you need to move on um, from your family. I mean, you can't, they shouldn't bring you down, right? Well, I always say this, like family's so important, but it depends on the family. Like if you came from a home of abuse or toxicity or dysfunction, yeah, if that person is trying to lay their toxic behaviors on you, then you have to draw strong boundaries and walk away. That's when it's not okay. So, you know, I know they say, you know, blood is thicker than water, but if it's damaging to you you and your relationship and they are damaging people in general, it is okay to walk away at that point. Yeah, I agree. Because I, at the end of the day, if I had a family member or friend that just didn't love you for whatever reason, they'd be out of my life. It would be very easy for me to separate them because I've made a choice in my love life. And if they're not on board, well, that's their loss. And that I feel the same for you, you know, 100%. All right, well, let's move on to what I think was a really interesting couple of scenes is when the guys are getting their fitted for their tuxedos and the women are trying on their wedding dresses. And we wrote down some of the sound bites some of uh, the ladies had as they were trying on the dresses. Go ahead. Yeah, Lauren says, every little girl has a dream about the day she goes and picks up her wedding dress. And Amber says, I've been thinking about this episode since I saw Cinderella. You know, you want a prince and a princess. This is surreal. And then Gigi says, it's a sign. You see it in all the movies. You always picture it. You walk down that aisle. I have never seen any study. Now I feel like I should have looked it up going into this. I wonder what a woman's body chemistry does when she tries that wedding dress on. I mean, they completely transform. They're like different people. I know when I tried on my wedding dress, oh my God, I couldn't stop crying. Yeah, yeah. you can see it. Like the energy, the, the the tingling that probably happens under the skin and the excitement. Yeah. And and just the, the what they're saying there is just like, it's all fairy tale and rainbows. And I don't know why I'm tearing up, but it's bringing back emotions, just remembering it. See, that is society. Yeah. That is influence. Yeah. That is influence because there's no reason a dress should do that to you yeah do you have any other clothes that do that to you (laughs) bathing suit when i'm uh haven't worked out too much (laughs) yes you cry for a different reason all right that's fair enough no there's something about wedding dresses and i think what's so important here is that we're clearly seeing the influence we're seeing the friends and the family that are with them when they're trying on the dress and we're seeing how much pressure is now on them. And I know this is a TV show, and some of them will say yes, and some of them will say no in the end. But nothing is going to change the feelings they have in those dresses. Well, I will tell you the one thing that Jessica says when she tries on her dress. She says, I feel so pretty, and it doesn't feel right. It's a forever dress. Like when she was trying on the other dresses, it was like, eh. But when it hit the one, all of a sudden she was having a massive anxiety attack. But that's good. And hyperventilating. That's good. I know, and I I will admittedly say, 
I've had ex-boyfriends that would talk about marriage with me and I would start hyperventilating the way she was. She didn't, she didn't know. She's not in touch with her feelings. Right. But she is no she does know something's wrong. She shouldn't feel this way. And she was it was even hard for her to stand up in front of the girls and she was holding her gut if you noticed, because that's where your intuition is, right? Yeah, yeah. She was absolutely saying, I don't want to marry this guy. And and it, her body was telling her that. And I remember when you talked about marriage with me, you were the first guy I didn't hyperventilate with. So you, <laughs> so you married me because I didn't make you sick. <laughs> no. My intuition was saying, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I will say that it, there's zero chance that Jessica is trying on that dress out in the real world, that this TV show effect that she put on that dress because it's part of the show and the experiment. She's not ready to put on the dress. You'll notice no matter how hard you try, when you go against your intuition, your intuition will show back. It, it'll show up again in different forms and it'll come through your body. So pay attention you know, if you're dating somebody and your intuition's making you feel sick to the stomach, that means you're not meant to be with that person. A while back, I did a show for TLC, The Learning Channel, but we were filming a wedding and this person before the wedding told her mother she did not want to go through with the wedding. And the mom told her, you're going through with the wedding because they had spent, I think it was like half a million dollars on this wedding. They were a, a, a wealthy, well-to-do family. And there was a lot of outside influence for them to have this wedding. This girl went through with the wedding. She didn't want to. Her mother browbeat her into getting married. She walked down the aisle, didn't love the guy, was divorced within three years, but they had the wedding. I mean, that's, that's tragic. I mean, I'm sure, I know that's extreme, but. It is devastating when your family plays such a big part in your decisions. I think as young children, we're so taught to be good little girls, good little boys that we live in this box to fit in. We never get to transition to be more self-reliant and even going against the grain. And to me, a lot of the coaching I do when I work with clients is really stepping outside of what we're programmed to do and really checking into, is this what I want to do? Because we don't want to end up living other people's values and lives. It's never going to align with us. Well, the, but back to influence, a lot of people, they get past this point of no return. You talked about earlier the next step effect. People go and they go, we're dating. We've dated for a few years. We're engaged. We've been engaged for a year. Now we have to get married. I've got my dress. And their intuition's going off. And they're like, I've got to go through with it. Yeah. And then that's the part you'll notice, like, again... When you're doing things because of societal pressure or just things that are outside of your core value, you will feel a lot of anxiety. You will feel a lot of self-doubt. Trust yourself. That's why it has to take you knowing yourself really well so that you can walk away. And that's a good segue into Barnett and Amber because Amber met Barnett's family and was very clearly feeling like they're not going to like her. I mean, she went in with that attitude. She came out with that attitude. And then she asked Barnett in no uncertain terms, if you had to choose between your family and me, who would you choose? And he paused. He didn't answer. He doesn't know. Yeah, he loves his family. 
And it feels to me that his family has been a big supporting part of his life. And she's already set, stepping in, trying to somewhat isolate him. I think this isn't her first rodeo. I think this she meets a lot of people that get don't turned like off. Her. Yeah, they yeah. don't like her. And she knows it's coming. Yeah. Someone in that family isn't going to like her, and she knows it. Yep. Well, the question is, is Barnett okay to be feeling that? I think at this early stage, again, because this is an experiment, it's a little different. This is like, I've only known you for two weeks. And you want me to choose between my family and you? Yeah. Yeah. Because he is learning about her and what she's all about. She's peeling back the onion and, and some things are giving him pause. So he's not strong enough to fight his family, which is what I'm getting. Yeah. If it's the woman he loves. I'm sure there's listeners out there that found someone that's great, that really checked all those boxes and then had family and friends just go, I don't like him. Maybe not even giving good reasons, but I don't like him or I don't like her. Yeah. And that's the problem. We can't live our life for other people. We have to live our life for ourselves. But this influence is still there. That's that's what's so difficult about it. It's like it's going to make you sad. When are we making the choices for us and when are we making them for other people? And I think that a lot of that has to do with how strong you are as an individual and how much you know about yourself and have done the work. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this show. Amy, will you give us our takeaways, please? Yeah. Takeaway number one, listen to your intuition. It never lies to you. Takeaway number two, understand outside influences are there and they are a major factor when it comes to dating and love. Number three, Follow your core values and your non-negotiables. Make a list of them and make sure you have a partner that meets all of them before you get involved. Number four, listen to advice. Don't take advice unless you trust the person and want to follow their life. Number five, trust your choices. By slowing down and checking in with your values before you react or say yes or no. And if you're struggling with finding lasting love or you're dating the same toxic person with a different face, I believe I can help. Go to amythedatingcoach.com and schedule a free relationship readiness review with me. And remember, if you like the show, please give us a five-star review and hit the subscribe button. It really helps us. Thank you for listening. And remember, if you want to take charge of your love life, date mindfully. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.